Hi, how are you? That's right, that's my East Tennessee for today. Hey, Pastor Paul here. It's a Tuesday morning, October 31st, all-important Reformation Day. So break out your reformers' costumes, greet your trick-or-treaters as John Calvin or Martin Luther, and just totally go against the flow today. Um, hey, thanks for joining us for this round of our pastoral devotionals. We're making our way through Matthew's gospel, and we study the passage of scripture that we're going to be looking at for that upcoming Sunday. And of course, that means we're looking at Matthew 12, 33 through 37. Now, this is part of a larger narrative where Jesus is, there's this increasing hostility and opposition between Jesus and the Pharisees. It started over um, a argument, a battle about the Sabbath. The, the Pharisees are now energized to destroy Jesus, to kill him. And they've even gone so far to begin uh, to label his works as those that come from the devil. That he's, that he's doing all these things. Yeah, we grant that he's doing them supernaturally, but, but it's by the devil's power, not, not God's power. And it's in this context that Jesus um, is telling them that they are guilty, guilty of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And that's, that was the text last week. This week, then Jesus sort of provides a commentary on the hearts of the leaders, okay? And, and one of the things that's going to be a consistent theme, uh, and it goes all throughout Matthew's gospel, is that Matthew wants us to understand the connection between the inner and the outer. Um, the Pharisees were obviously focused on the outer, while inwardly um, there was a corruption of heart. And so for Jesus and for Matthew, it's not just about doing the right things, quote unquote, it's about doing the right things for the right reasons. And so you're gonna see how this little explanatory text on the heels of these confrontations um, provides a commentary on this. So let's, let's read the text. Let's dig in. This is Matthew 12, verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasures brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now, one of the things that I um, encouraged you to do yesterday um, was to take some of these concepts that Matthew is mentioning here and to go to other places in Matthew where he talks about the same thing, specifically um, this idea of trees and of fruit, okay? Um, because if you recall, those are things we seemingly have heard before from Matthew. So one of the ways that you can, can do this, okay, is go to your concordance in the back of your study Bible, or if you have a, a a Bible on a tablet, you can type the word in if you have a search feature. And I'm going to type in the word fruit, okay? And it's going to pull up all the times in the Bible 
that that word is used. And there's literally, as you can imagine, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds. Well, I'm going to scroll down and I'm going to look at Matthew, okay, and find out where are the times um, that Jesus mentions fruit, for example. And then we'll do the same thing for trees. Well, Matthew 3, 8, he tells the, the Pharisees, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. He tells them in, in Matthew 3.10, even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. He, they, they weren't even looking up for trees, but there it is. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Um, now, into the Sermon on the Mount, um, and this is where we really see this theme come to life. Math, uh, Jesus says in Matthew 7.16 and following, you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Okay, So in the ancient world, Fruit was obviously a sign of life. It was a sign of health, okay? Um, recall that later in Jesus' ministry, and we're going to see this in Matthew, that Jesus um, actually curses the fig tree, okay? And what we see, and, and this is a symbol of the, the dead, de decaying um, fruit or spiritual life of the nation of, of Israel. So, so fruit was not just a sign of physical life, but it was an analogy, a metaphor in the Old Testament, uh, continually into the New Testament period to demonstrate life, to demonstrate abundance, to demonstrate God's blessing. Okay. Now we just looked up fruit. Let's now look up tree. Okay. Um, I don't know necessarily everything that's going to come up here, okay, because I've just begun to study this passage myself. But let's look up the word tree. Ah, uh, yes, okay. Now, every verse that we just read about fruit um, includes this idea of tree in it, right? Tree bears bad fruit. Tree bears good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is thrown into a fire. Okay, what are all, what's the point of all these different fruit trees analogies in Matthew's gospel? Um, his point is simply saying, okay, um, if you want to use a, a popular analogy, money, what do you tell your kids? Money doesn't grow on trees, right? Well, why? Well, I mean, it's, it's a nonsensical question. You, you, of course, you know why. There's no such thing as a money tree. But, but there, there's a deeper analogy even in that. Um, money doesn't grow on trees um, because every tree bears a particular kind of fruit, if you see apples on a tree, you make the proper deduction, that's an apple tree, <laughs> okay? You see uh, bananas on a tree. Do they bananas grow on trees? Yeah. Uh, a banana tree or banana shrub, whatever. You, you, you get the idea, okay? And so apple trees don't pr produce pecans. Pecan trees don't produce peaches, et cetera, et cetera. We, we all understand this, Okay. Jesus is simply saying the, the same is true in our spiritual lives, okay? And if, if you want to understand the nature, okay, 
of what's going on in the heart, all you need to do is observe what comes out of the mouth, okay? Or what comes out in action. Those things um, over time are going to demonstrate a consistency regardless, okay? Regardless of what one says about oneself or what one claims about oneself, okay? So how does this relate to the religious leaders? Well, we know what they claimed. They claimed to be the paragons of virtue, to be the, the, the all-knowing, all-seeing spiritual authorities in the life of, of Israel. That, that's what they claimed with their words, okay? But what Jesus is keen to, to point out is how their actions actually, and their words, actually demonstrated the very opposite, okay? Now, they cloaked it all in religious terms, of course, but, but in reality, there was a deep, deep corruption there, okay? So, so you, they, they would say they're paragons of virtue. They would say they're obeying the word, but like, for example, with the Sabbath, all they were doing was erecting their own traditions, they were using God's law or extra-biblical additions to God's law to manipulate people, to control people, to, to put their thumb on people, um, all the while under the cloak of religiosity. And here's what Jesus is saying. Your actions here are corrupt because your heart is corrupt. And it won't simply do just to rearrange the fruit on your tree uh, or to rearrange the outer workings of your of your life or your your actions um, on a very surface level if you want to produce a different kind of fruit you have to be a different kind of tree right and so jesus here is drawing the connection between the heart and the mouth the heart and um our outward actions so so he, he says this like so let's look at verse 34 for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, okay? And so what Jesus is, when, when he says, make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, he's not saying, well, you guys are corrupt in, in your heart. Just go all the way and tell everybody you're corrupt. That's, that's not what he means. Um, just like Luke, when he, I mean, um, John, in quoting Jesus, when Jesus says, I will wish you were neither hot nor... I wish you were the hot or cold, but you're lukewarm. I'm going to spit you out of my, my mouth. That doesn't mean Jesus wants us 100% good or 100% evil. No, 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 no. What it's doing is drawing an analogy to the consistency that is a part of true spirituality, right? Um, that, that the inward and the outward cannot be separated, and when those two things are separated, all sorts of mischief and corruption occurs, okay? And so what Jesus is essentially saying is align yourself accordingly, okay? Um, stop being duplicitous. Stop being of two minds. Stop having one foot in both worlds because you think you have one foot in both worlds, but in actuality, you're corrupt to your core, okay? And so what we want to talk about next time is how this corruption manifested itself. And the way it manifested itself in this interaction is by their words, okay? This is why Jesus says, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. 
what led the Pharisees to attribute the works of God, of Jesus, to Satan? It's because of their corruption of their hearts. And that's where we want to pick it up next time. And it's just a reminder to all of us, right? Um, all of us, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we want to be obedient and pursue holiness and do the right thing. Um, but let's go upstream a bit and say, God, um, in order for that to happen, you're going to have to do a supernatural work of grace in my heart. You're going to have to show me my need and conviction of sin and my lowliness and my humility. And unless God is operating on that level, no amount of window dressing on the outside um, is going to suffice. It's only going to mask for a very short time the corruption that's really underneath. Okay, that's our lesson today. We're going to pick this back up tomorrow um, with verses 36 and 37 and talk about the way our words, our tongues, particularly manifest or demonstrate what's going on in our hearts. And believe it or not, Matthew has a ton to say about that. Let's pray. Father, you desire truth in the inmost parts. And so we are inviting you in and asking that you would transform us, change us from the inside out. Lord, we don't want to be duplicitous. We want to, don't want to be double-minded. We want there to be an alignment with our heart and our mind. This can only happen by your spirit. And Lord, we ask that he would do these things in us. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.